0: So, we've been kind of kicking into a series uh, called Simply Jesus. And uh, today we're going to look at Jesus the healer. And as we start off, what I'm going to do first of all is invite Peter to come on up. We're like, oh, there, there he is. And uh, he's just going to share a little bit of his journey. Give him a big welcome as he comes up.
1: Well, I have to declare that um, we just sang the resurre- resurrected Jesus is still resurrecting me. And we're all on a journey. And in the last few years, I've been on a health journey. And Jesus says in his word that we will have trouble in this life. And I often like to use the word trial. So I've been on a trial for these last 12 years. But the Bible declares God is always with us. So I've had a 12-year journey with a cancer diagnosis. In 2006, I had a surgery, chemo, two years of quarterly scans. I had a short break of good health, and then in 2014, I started having some stomach issues, which resulted in uh, further lung surgery, interestingly enough, in 2016. Followed by chemotherapy, and earlier this year, I had radiotherapy. And I'm still on a scan, regular scan routine. But I want to say that through this journey, God has been with me all the way. And there's been some unexplained outcomes, which I can't detail this morning because I haven't given enough time. But God has done some amazing things, but the the specialists that I've been under can't explain. But they don't want to listen to the fact that my God is healing me. I've already had declared over me once in 2009 that I was healed. And I have an expectation following the same timeline that next year God's gonna declare through my specialist that I am healed. I want to share a couple of things I've observed on the way through. I've always used the word diagnosis. I've never taken ownership of cancer. And if any of you have got a sickness diagnosis over your life, do not take ownership. Do not say, I'm a diabetic, I'm an asthmatic. I don't, that's putting, I mean, we either say words that are curses or blessings, and we've got to be very careful about what we say. I have a cancer diagnosis. I have cut off every medical edict claimed over my life by my doctors. I won't accept any of them. They don't have the right to proclaim what they think is going on in my body. God is in our trials, and we have to expect the best. You have to expect a rhema from God, and when you get one, proclaim it all the time. And you don't do a journey, a time of trial alone. I have lent heavily on the body of Christ, unashamedly. I've had prayer meetings in my home just for me, and I'm don't make any. i not ashamed of that. I've lent on the body of Christ, and there's been some amazing things happen in that time. I've had my life saturated with prayer, and I stand on the promises of James 5 verse 14. And if you're sick and you've never standed on the promises in James 5:14, 14, do so. And if you're going through a time of trial, make sure your caregiver is protected. For probably about two years of my life, I've been emotionally absent. And my dear wife, God bless her, has been my strength and my support during those times. So our battle of faith is in the mind. And you've got to really protect your mind. The scripture talks about kept taking captive Thoughts that are not of God, and you've got to cast them off onto the Lord. In January this year, my scan was very negative. I had a scan. I had the scan. um, Scan, and then on a Thursday, about a week later, the doctor proclaimed his diagnosis, and it was a bit of a heavy burden. So I immediately went round to Promise Keepers, where I work as a volunteer. And I asked the team there to break the words off me. And I also asked them at that time, before I'd gone into this diagnosis, I felt the Lord say to me, Trust me. And so I went to the Promise Keeper's office and said, You've got to break all these words off, and I have to know whether I'm meant to have radiotherapy. Because I felt at that time, trusting God meant not having radiotherapy. And the team there at the end of the prayer time said, no, you'd have to have radiotherapy. That's what we believe God is saying. So on the Friday, I went to my men's group, who've also journeyed with me for these 12 years, and said, guys, I want you to just tell me, is God saying I should have radiotherapy? And they came back and said, yeah, we believe God is saying have radiotherapy. So an hour later, I rang the specialist and said, I consent to having radiotherapy. Well, about an hour after that, I had a phone call from Pastor Jeff Wickland, who had just arrived from the country, from Africa. And he said, I've had prophesied over me that I'm operating in a double anointing. And he said, I'm coming around to pray for you, double anointing. I was the third person he prayed for that day out of six people before he went home. And when he came into my home, he knew nothing about what happened the day before. And word for word, he broke off everything the doctor had said. God turned up for me that morning, and this burden just lifted off me. So about three weeks ago, I had another scan. And a week later, I was going to get the diagnosis. And that week was a real time of trial. I was battling my mind. My mind was telling me all sorts of things which I didn't need to know. But when I went for the scan, it was all clear. No sign of cancer. My specialist, my, the things you have to battle with, my specialist is still not convinced. He's still hanging on January's determinations. But I, as I said, I have an expectation that God is going to heal me and I'm going to hear from the same specialist who in 2009 said you are healed. I'm expecting him to say that again. My rhema for the season has been Psalm 91.2. And in that scripture it talks about speaking out. So I'm doing it this morning. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. The other rhema I have is Psalm 139 verse 16. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to being. And I'm not surrendering one day to the enemy. When the Lord calls me, I'm not spending one day here extra. But I am, my doctors can't heal me. I can't heal myself. Only God can do it. If I'm to live all the days that he has ordained for me, that's actually his problem. And so I trust in him to get me there all the days of my life. Amen. Thanks.
0: So when we talk about healing in church and that Jesus is a healer, it's, um, it's complicated, isn't it? I mean, there's a lot going on there, wasn't there? I mean, Peter's talking about the miraculous and he's got you know, a lot of things that were God breaking into his situation and miraculous things happening. But he's had surgeries and he's had treatment and he's had seasons of trial, challenge. He's had seasons of uh, where his faith has been up, and seasons when his faith has been low. He's been seasons when he's had to lean on the uh, on, on others as they pray and as they uh, and you know with their faith. And uh, it's it's not. It's not straightforward, is it? You know, our lives and our and our, and our health. And um, they say that through life, you're just getting stronger and stronger and stronger until 25, and then you don't. And that means that um, okay, over 25s we're sliding (laughs) and that's just the reality of the journey of life and and death But Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead he was dead and buried and Jesus raised him from the dead has anyone met Lazarus no because he did die Now, the journey that we're all on is that um, we live and it lasts for a period of time. I would have to tell you, like, I I just about quit on the, doing this message about halfway through this week, you know, talking about Jesus the healer, because I know what, you know, you, you know, the pastor's supposed to be the guy up the front and full of, like, Jesus, you know, Jesus heals and we just, you know, we just need to... Ask and he'll do the miraculous for him. But I tell you, I've just prayed for a lot of people, and seen no change. And they're in pain. They're discouraged in life. They are desperately wanting God to to do something to change things around. And and uh, and I'm thinking, oh God, it's just all like you know, just thinking about talking about Jesus to heal. I know that for many of you, you've had. Uh, challenges around this too, where you've prayed with all the faith and all the the hope that you have and you've had to farewell people that you love. But I'll tell you this, I have also prayed for people and seen the miraculous. I have prayed for people and I've prayed for people and felt their tendons Rearrange themselves under my hands as i've been praying for them we've we've prayed for people here we've seen we've seen pain disappear we've seen uh, joints and sockets and things rebuild and re, be reorganized we've seen uh, people with skin diseases set free from that we've seen legs grow. And you've heard from some of Peter's journey this morning, how there has been some miraculous breaking in in his, in his situation. I could tell a lot of stories, but there's both sides to the story, you know. Like, uh, I was going to start this message like all like, Jesus heals, and then I'm like thinking, no, well, let's just start with a bit of reality. It's that, like, He does heal, and then there's times when He doesn't heal. I've got a friend, uh, Robbie Dawkins, who travels the world, and he speaks in all sorts of different places and prays for people and sees people healed all the time. And he's got story after story after story. And you talk to him and you think, like, man, just every time this guy prays for someone, they get healed. I go, no, 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 he's just got, like, a lot more. He just prays for a lot more people than you or I do. Like, when he was out here in New Zealand and he, he was doing a conference here and then we went out to lunch afterwards and we're all, like, you know, the rest of us were actually going for lunch, and he's going and he's looking around before you know it. He's sitting next to this person who is in a wheelchair and just this, and just, you know, sitting with them and holding their hands and praying for them. And he just prays for a lot of people. No wonder he sees a lot more people. He prays for a lot of people. There's a lot of stories of when, you know, um, things haven't happened. So, we're doing a series at the moment talking about, I guess, simply Jesus, who the real Jesus is. And we can't go far before we see that Jesus is a healer. Jesus is a healer. And He heals the rich and He heals the poor. He heals, He healed, look at the stories uh, that are recorded of Jesus' life. He, He healed individuals and He healed the crowds. He healed those that were full of faith and He healed those that had no faith. He healed Jews and he healed people who weren't Jews. He healed epileptics and the lame and the the lepers and those with skin diseases, the deaf, the blind. He healed those who were worthy. He healed those who were unworthy. You know, he just... He just healed everyone. He healed those who were grateful, and He healed those who are ungrateful. Jesus is a healer. Let's pray and just invite God's presence here again, and we'll, um, we'll kick into this. And just before we do, I just want to say that we're going to make some room, as we finish today, in a little while, for people that would like God to do something miraculous with their 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 health their situation and we're going to see what happens okay but let's pray God we just pray that that today would be people's day where you break in that your kingdom would come we pray for people here that uh, uh, in tough seasons God when it comes to their health God, we pray for just a wonderful release of your presence and your peace and the assurance that you're with them. But God, we also pray that today would be the day of the of, of miracles and wonders. And that you would come and you would set people free from their ailments and their, and things that are broken. We pray even now, just as we are just talking about this, God, that you would come and meet people. God, there would just be a, a resurrection, God, of those things that are not right. they will be bringing back to life of those things that aren't right. Amen. All right. You know, it's so easy for us when we talk about Jesus is for us to think about Jesus as... A story from an from a age a long time ago. and uh, But here's the thing, is that Jesus is very, very real and very, very alive. He was a real person that lived on this earth, only ever was in Israel, didn't really travel far at all, but a real person. And not just any person. He was Jesus Christ, the Son of God, fully God and yet chosen to empty himself of, of some of these, these divine attributes in order to be a man, to be able to relate to us, and uh, that we can relate to him and know that he knows everything that, that we go through. He died on a cross, but he defeated death, was raised again, was seen by hundreds of people, documented, and then there's this kind of weird thing where he just left and said, but I will be with you always until the end of the age. And there has been millions and millions and millions of people ever since that would testify to that, like, I've met Jesus. He's real. It's, like, it's not like the person sitting next to you, but in some other form, like this Jesus is real. And so when we're talking about Jesus in the, through this series, we've got to, not just be thinking about this this myth or this historic Jesus, but as as God who was with us and continues to be with us, and He continues to heal people today and'm uh, just so it 's so important to have that as we as we go into this, but one of the big challenges when we look at Jesus the healer is and I don't even know if this is the best way to describe it, but it's this thing of God's timing. That, I think that for many of us, we, we kind of struggle with this. Let me read from one of the stories of, of Jesus in John 5. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now, there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, and the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learnt that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, Do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. And then Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once, the man was cured, and he picked up his mat and walked. I mean, this is a real place. Uh, Jacinda and I have visited uh, Jerusalem and and seen this place. This is this is a real place, and it's a. You've got to walk down a lot of stairs to get to the bottom, and there's no water in it now. But it's um, you know, the archaeologist archaeologists have uh, uncovered it, and. It's talked about in the Dead Sea Scrolls that there was this pool of Bethesda in Jerusalem and that, that people were healed there. So this, this place is a real place. It happened. And this man had been an invalid for 38 years. So why, why that day? Like, talking about God's timing, Like why that day? Why not, the, why not the week before? Why not the year before? Why not, if God was going to heal him, why not 20 years before? We just don't know. We just don't know these things about God's timing. Now, why did the Israelites have to suffer, for those of you that know your history of the Bible, suffer in slavery in Egypt for 400 years? These were God's people. These are the people that God says, I will be with you, you will be my people. 400 years in slavery, suffering under the hands of the Egyptians. Why 400 years? Until God sent them a deliverer. And Moses, and who led them out of slavery into freedom? Why so long? God made a promise to Abraham and Sarah and said, "Like oh, you will have a son." He had to wait till he was a hundred years old. Why so long? This is this is the hard thing when it comes to this whole thing of healing. It's like, why? is the whys. Sometimes healing, well, sometimes God works in a way that is, seems just way too slow. Way too slow. People pray for years before it seems like God does anything. And sometimes it's instant. People pray and, and something happens just right then and there. It's just hard. It's hard hard to know, hard to know. And I think that for many of us, we struggle because of this. And possibly more and more as we're living in a time when so many things are pretty instant. It's like, um, hey, Siri. Who won the World Cup this year, you know, and instantly get the answer. We, we love getting things on a schedule that we can determine, that we can work out. We love it. We love it living in a world where we know that if it, that A plus B will equal C. Algebra in church, eh? And, uh, but the thing is, sometimes with God, A plus B equals Q. Or it's just something different than what we expect. Especially around timing, it's a tough thing. And I think that we kinda wish that Jesus was genie Jesus. Jesus the genie. So we just got our little Jesus genie lamp and we just give it a rub and genie Jesus comes up and and goes, What? can I do for you today? Well, I wish for a new car, genie Jesus. But Jesus is powerful and wise and loving and kind, and he's not genie Jesus. You hear a lot of things and you hear a lot of teaching on the internet where people will say, you just need to pray with no doubts and don't stop and fast as well, and God will give you what you ask for. And here's the thing, you know, He might. He might give you what you answered. That but that's that's as we can't be any more confident than that. We should pray, we should fast. Where Jesus Himself says like pray and keep on praying. Don't stop praying. But we can't guarantee any outcomes. We can't get the A plus B equals C. It's like Jesus is not like a, a heavenly vending machine where you push your prayers in at the top in the slot and out pops the thing that you want at the bottom. It, Jesus talked about the generation that, that of the time in his time, and he says this in Matthew 11 to what can I compare this generation? They're like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling out to others. We played the pipe for you and you did not dance. We sang a dirge and you did not mourn. And you know, I think that there's something about that that Jesus would say about us. Is that like you, you wanted God to, you get upset with God because he didn't dance to your tune. But God is good. God is good. I think the first thing that Peter said was that, you know, with all of the swirl of the last twelve years, and the ongoing swirl, is that I know that my God is with me, and God is good. And you're thinking like, well, is this a where are you going with this, Matt? Is this like a is this like a message of like encouragement or discouragement this morning? It's just a message. That's just a real message. And we can take hope from the stories that we, we have heard, from the miraculous that, that Peter was talking about, from the miraculous things that God may have done in our lives. And you may have like, well, God hasn't really done that much miraculous stuff in my life. Talk to the person next to you. Imagine that. Imagine talking to someone at church about like something really cool like, Has God ever done anything miraculous for you? Maybe that's what you could do after uh, we finish today while you're over coffee. Because people here have stories of the miraculous. And what you don't see is what I just saw then was when I said that, is a lot of people around here were just going, yep, yep, we do. We can take hope from the stories in the scriptures of God breaking in in miraculous ways. How many people here have got a story of God doing something miraculous for them? And we can find hope in that. In the midst of this is that, and that's why we will pray. Because we can take hope in the fact that God does break in and change things. Might not be tomorrow. Maybe it, it might not be ever exactly what you ask or hope for. But he might. So don't stop praying. Don't stop praying for the, the people that you love, for, for your own situation. Inviting people around to pray as well. Just want to add a few more bits and peace. I want to make sure we leave room today to be able to pray for some people. Um, it's also really important when we talk about Jesus the healer that we recognize that Jesus wants to heal the whole person. And we see these wonderful, wonderful stories of the miraculous healings, physical healings that Jesus did. But we also see times when he healed people's hearts and healed their broken hearts brokenness their broken egos their their fears and their uh their worries their anxieties and god does want to heal us emotionally as well and uh we have tell you, we all have our emotional challenges and uh i just scribbled down a few things yesterday and a few of these might apply to us it's like you know we get offended too easily we feel sorry for ourselves We don't forgive people. We jump to negative assumptions about people. We have bubbling anger inside us. We get upset when someone says something negative about us. And you kind of hear these things and you can think, well, yeah, but that's just life. Isn't that just life? Isn't that just normal? I want you to just think about Jesus and think about these things again. You think, like, what would Jesus... How did these work with Jesus? We get offended too easily. Imagine if Jesus got offended too easily. It's like, Does Jesus feel sorry for himself? Does Jesus not forgive people? Does Jesus jump to negative assumptions about people? Does Jesus have a bubbling anger inside him? Does Jesus get upset when someone says something negative about him? He's just a picture of just emotional health and what life really is. Could be and should be, and we, that we can, we can walk towards. And Jesus wants to be with us on that journey. And I'll tell you this too, and, and this might you might grab a hold of this. This might be a bit of a challenge for you. I think that most of us don't really give Jesus the opportunity to help us on our journey of emotion, towards emotional strength and health. You now, When's the last time you broke out an hour or a couple of hours just to go, like, I, I want to spend some time with Jesus and see what he has to say to me about um, where I'm at in life? It's one question that Jesus will always answer is when you say, like, Jesus, what's wrong with me? But he'll be kind with you. He won't tell you all the things all at once. But, hey, how about this? How about we work on this? I know that we've talked about this a little bit and we will continue to talk about it. Is the, uh, the, the prayer ministry Elijah House is, is one of those, uh, which is it's just spending time with people that can help you through situations with Jesus and that uh, can just bring incredible freedom and health just because the time has been set aside and people who have got some um, have learned some things around helping people in their journey. And we had Eva up here just like two weeks ago just sharing about how they had, she had a time of prayer. And you, are we, is Eva here? Yeah, she's there. Like even just um, on Friday, we were chatting again. And just like she was saying, I just can't believe how in the last two months my life has turned around. I just, I just can't believe it. It was just like not good. And now it is just so good you know and it's just like and just because she took some courage to spend some time with some people who who love to pray love to pray with her and for her and Jesus just brought this incredible um, healing into some cool places so good And these guys, uh, the Elijah House guys, are doing this thing this Saturday. If you, want to, if you want someone that would love to help people on that journey and learn to pray, help people and pray for them and and, and, uh, and see those kind of things happen, they're doing this training on Saturday at the Hub. And uh, I'd love you guys, to, as many of you, to come and be a part of that. It's so, so cool. Um, so one last thing. I'm going to rip through this and then we're going to pray for some folks. Um, you know, one of the, the biggest things that Jesus does for us in terms of healing is uh, one of the greatest ways Jesus heals is that Jesus forgives. You can kind of think, is that like a healing thing? Well, he brings healing to our guilt and our shame. He sets us free. And Guilt and shame can be a burden that can just crush us, cripple us. And he will set us free from that. Yeah, oh, yeah, but Jesus, like, I've I've done some stuff, you know. I've been, I've been unfaithful. I've been mean. I've been selfish. I've, I've done some stuff, G- you know. Jesus, can, can you really forgive me? And Jesus will just look at you with kindness in his eyes and say, "Of course, I will forgive you." But but, Jesus, what if like I've tried to follow you and I just keep doing stuff that I just yeah, I just wish I didn't, and I know it's not good. and Will you still forgive me? And, and Jesus will say, "You, yeah, of course I'll forgive you. Arms wide open. That story of the invalid man at the Pool of Bethesda, the story goes on, and Jesus finds him later on in the temple. And they have this little conversation. But one of the things Jesus says to him was, um, go and stop. Your life of sin, or something worse could happen to you, and that's. But that's just the kindness of Jesus. He says, like you know, the things that you're doing are actually hurting you. Like, stop doing it. Stop doing it, and and like, let's 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 together step into a life that is. I've invited the kids to come and help us pray, so that's why they're um, snuck in the side door. eh? So. Um, So. That's, that's Jesus. Of course I'll forgive you, but let's step into a life that is better. N.T. Wright says this, Forgiveness has a claim to be the most powerful thing in the world. It transforms like nothing else. Forgiveness is an up-close and, up and personal look at God's heart for people. That God welcomes people that are far from him, invites us into his family, and forgives us. And that's the healing that is available for all of us. The healing where Jesus' love renews us from the inside out. Why don't we stand together?